0: Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, it's 420. Yes. We talk with amazing friends about being innovative, entrepreneurship, and yes, cannabis. Welcome back, Victor Fernando, producer, filmmaker, comedian, writer, and cartoonist. He recently finished a stint as a producer for a spinoff series in VH1's wildly successful love and hip hop franchise. Leave it to Stevie starring Stevie J. Victor's work as a showrunner and series creator has generated iconic firsts and cult hits like Comedy Central's The Awkward Comedy Show, which yours truly, Marina Franklin, was in. Comics created by Victor have appeared in Mad Magazine and recently he became a New Yorker cartoonist. Yes! You may also recognize him as a comedian and actor from appearances on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Kimmel Live, and also playing supportive roles in films like End of Days, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, and Julian Donkey Boy. The list is long, so check out his bio in the details, as well as get your promo discount codes for his live comedy show that's streaming tonight from Chelsea Music Hall and welcome back my friend ankara martinez ankara is a new york-based stand-up comedian ankara had a podcast with our friend shauna lane the gone girls it was part of the new york comedy festival and the women in comedy festival she has a new podcast it's called the Dum dumb podcast available on apple and ankara is a longtime house team member at the people's improv theater Tonight, yes, tonight 420. If you are here in New York or anywhere in the world because it's streaming, you can check me out at Chelsea Music Hall for a night of laughter, games, and fun. The bundled event will feature stand up comedy, Battleicious, Freestop Rap Battle, and access to a secret after party hosted by Patrick Cloud, Darren Brandt, and the Go-Go Dinosaurs with the Go-Go Dancing Dinosaurs. Promo discount codes for the streaming event will be available in the bio description of this podcast as well as most of our social media pages. As well, there is a secret 50% off code available for our Patreon friends. So if you're a Patreon friend, go to that page right now and get your 50% off secret code. I wanna thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts, that's important. Subscribe, make sure you turn on the auto-download function, for the friends like us on apple Podcasts, you can email us at friends like at gmail instagram is friends like us podcast and twitter is friends like us 10 become more than a friend leave us a tip donation go to our patreon page go to patreon backslash like us Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you, we keep going. Merch is available in t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and yes, tank tops. All available, go to marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, My wacky friend, Dave Juskow, we give updates to the show, we shout out fans who leave reviews, and we have surprise guest friends for the podcast stop by, and sometimes we offer free stuff, like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone, because more content is on the way. And weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, and my wacky friend, Dave Juskow. We give updates to the show, we shout out fans who leave reviews, and we have surprise guest friends for the podcast stop by, like this week, we had Victor Vernon who is on this week's episode. So if you want to see him, you want to see more, go to my YouTube channel. And we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows and we have promo codes listed there as well. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to and don't let anyone bully you out of it because there is like two variants kind of... Speaking of streaming, there's two variants, streaming. Get vaccinated, booster up, and Black Lives Matter. Marina Franklin here. I am so excited to have both of you here today. Ankara Savone, Victor Vernado. Have you both met before? Or is this your first time meeting each other? I it's our first time. I don't think I've met you before, Victor.
1: Yeah, I also think it is our first time as well.
0: Whoa, virgins at meeting.
1: So congratulations to both of us.
0: Yeah, what a grand day
1: we've met each other. Well, I'll
0: just so so I'll say how I know both of you to the audience as well as to you. Like Ankara, I've known since she was just a little kid at the comic strip. And I used to always say, you just look like my little sister, Ashley. Remember that? She do, you do yeah, look like I Ashley. Yeah, I And um, so, you know, there's, like, people that you run into in life that you just immediately become close to because they're familiar. And Ankara's just always been, like, funny. And uh, mm. she was always just friendly and chill and never stressed out, ever. And, um, like, I just – every time whenever I was at the comic strip and you were there, mm. it was like – it's always nice to see someone like you there because you were you just you bring everything center you know you can be in such a tense moment especially at the comic strip the crowds are coming in you never know how the shows are gonna be and you just always made it better and now yeah and now like Mm -hmm. fast forward we're friends and like still friends look it's 10 o'clock so I'm like we're friends and um, we've done a lot of
2: awesome things together
0: yes and we also like we went to a casino I was it Atlantic City did we do Atlantic City we did some
2: crazy like I was like come to Atlantic City let's just hang out was it there or Mohican Sun I don't think it was Atlantic City I know we like saw each other in Montreal at GFL a couple years and we went hiking together we had a crazy night randomly with Dov Davidoff once in my early years I here when we got in a limo. That was crazy. Oh, my <laughs> God. You were with
0: me? that yes. night. You know what? I – okay, Victor, hold for mm-hmm. the story. That story <laughs> is so crazy. crazy. because Because I, I
2: forgot you were there that, like – I was a baby, and I'm like, "What's happening?" Like, I was like maybe four months into moving from Florida to New York, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we went to a limo. Did we? We went to a, a
0: like a sex place,
2: like a swingers club. Swingers
0: yeah. club. We
2: <laughs> so
0: true nice. start, Like sometimes, like the cellar late at night. Back in the day, we, you know, you, you're young, you're hanging out. It's really late." And I don't know how we all got swept into it. It was like Steve Byrne dubbed David off Dan Natterman.
2: Yeah, no, because Dog was like, "I'll get a limo right now," and he said, "I used to, I know about this place from back in the day." And both you and I were like, "What?" And he made it sound so like sexy, right? And we're like, "I guess we'll check this out," right? Because I was like, "Me and you were together. We'll like make sure nothing like weird happens at this." <laughs> I did. Think- <laughs>
1: The funny thing is, like, I know we're in New York, but I'm always surprised when there's places like that in New York. You know, like, when you come across them, like, you know, you're in New York and you know New York goes deep. Like, you know that. But then when somebody's like, here it is, you're like, oh, my God. (laughs)
2: There was like seven people there when we arrived. It was totally empty. And it was like an an apartment building. It
0: wasn't like... Times Square it was like 20s it was in the 20s on the on the west side it was Mm -hmm. a normal apartment building you got on an elevator and all of a sudden you were on this floor and Mm -hmm. I think I was the only one who wasn't matched up so I was considered a unicorn Uh that's what they called Uh me oh my uh god I forgot about that yeah and we walked through and I remember this I think Dan was looking at I think the soaps were on or something. It was weird. Like Dan decided to watch the TV for a second. But there was like (laughs) these couples walking through swingers and stuff. And then like in these different rooms, stuff was going on. Like dirty stuff. And um, it was so weird. I'm so glad
2: that. you were there. They were all above the age of like 60. It was just like all old people. Do you remember? I don't remember remember that. Yeah, I remember being like. This is so weird. It was like silver foxes. It was crazy.
0: I think I was so, I think I may have been drunk too. So that's probably possibly <laughs> why I don't remember like all the details. But I do remember this. I remember going into a room and there was, uh, there were some other people from the cellar there, waiters from the cellar too. I remember. Really? Um, but I remember there was a couple, guy was eating the girl out. <laughs> and I go in. And I sit just watching and her glasses were like on her face like this. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't see it. It's audio. But um, they were crooked. like it looked like crooked. she
1: got just got punched or slapped or something.
2: Yeah. And so I, so when you sat down, I was like, You're sitting down for this? <laughs> <laughs> I just oh sat
0: down, right. Like if I was the pillow, I was like beyond the pillow. I was like right there, and I just looking, and I go, "Let me just help you," and I fixed adjusted her glasses.
1: This sounds very much like. Was it in an office building?
0: It felt like uh, an office. It, it felt like it a regular weird. residential felt, building.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know because it was it in the Chelsea area too. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, so yeah. someone took me to a place in the chelsea area it was in an office building and it was for a friend of mine's bachelor party and it sounds like all the same things happening except it was a it was it was the setup was a byob strip club not a orgy but it was like but all the little details like the little rooms sounds very similar
0: yeah it was weird because i you know like and then I think one couple, want, remember that couple that followed me, on Ankara? There was a couple yeah. that followed me. And, and I, was I was like, like we got to
2: go. We got to go right now. Yeah.
0: Um, but the most I did was helped her with her glasses. That was how I got involved in my threesome.
1: <laughs> you helped her with her glasses? You put her glasses back on straight? <laughs>
0: that was it oh, and i was it was like yeah it was kind of strange i was like why does stuff know this stuff it was it was weird
1: was she like thank you
3: no
0: she was busy she was getting you know
1: wow no gratitude wow
0: <laughs> i said it too i said you let me help you but uh yeah that was it so yeah ankara and i have done some and we've like um and then she, you were on part of Gone Girls, the podcast with Shauna yes. Lane, who we have on regularly on the podcast. So I love Shauna. Yeah, you and Shauna. And then also now
2: doing full-time stand-up comedy. I am. Yeah. Kind of took a turn. Um, I mean, I've been doing it on and off, like with acting and improv, i think say probably for like seven years. But I never really made it a priority. And... Something just switched and I'm just kind of having fun doing it, enjoying it, getting on stage, um, challenging myself. Like I think I was just ready to challenge myself to try new parts of stand up. You know, like I think I put myself in a box for so long with just like, kind of like treating like acting like a monologue like this is my monologue so I do on stage and now I'm like I'm gonna try crowd work I'm gonna try hosting I'm gonna just like challenge myself and kind of just let myself fail a lot until I feel more comfortable and I'm having fun doing it it's scary but I'm loving it and I get to see my friends more which is awesome because I always hung out with comics like that's my people you know yes so. and but you didn't date them
0: which I was so proud of you for
2: yeah, rule number one, don't date comics.
0: I remember you, tell, you, you telling me years ago, your sister, when I said, you're so pretty. These guys are going to come at you. I was so worried. Yeah. You know, before you were doing stand-up and you said, no, my sister told me don't. And I was like, oh, thank God.
2: Yeah, she was at a comedy <laughs> club in Fort Lauderdale. And she's like, whatever you do, don't date the comics. They're gonna, <laughs> hey, talk so bad about the waitresses and the staff, they hook up with them. And I'm like... Oh, well, that's, like, horrifying and humiliating. I could never have anybody talk about me. So I was like, no, will
0: will do it. And then you got married, though, to... Uh, well, he is a comedy owner, but...
2: Yeah, I met him, but he was a producer. I wasn't warned about producers. He <laughs> should have warned me about producers. <laughs> yeah, it was different.
0: It was different. And Emilio <laughs> yeah. is really cool, so... And you guys yeah. you know it's funny, Victor. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go to you... Um, we're talking about the early on stage of the pandemic. Yeah. And Victor did a video on car. You guys, you and Amelia uh, were doing dance videos and then it just stopped. Cause it was like, yeah. we were, Victor and I were talking about like um, how he <laughs> has this video. Well, go tell, tell the video that we did. And then.
1: Yeah. So when, when everybody thought it was going to be two weeks, I was like, Oh, it'll be fun to just like, you know, have two weeks off. And then, so I sent around a song to everybody and I was like, I gave them a song that was, like, that was called How You Do In Your Quarantine. It was basically everybody dancing in pajamas. And then yeah. everybody sent me videos. And then I edited together this video that's like a minute and a half long of us all dancing in our pajamas going, quarantine, quarantine. <laughs> like it was going to be two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I looked at that video now two years later. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm I'm, a, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I just, it's so funny. It is it's funny. Because like so, it's like we're just like dancing and like diving on beds and people are like humping teddy bears. <laughs> that that was that was that marina humped a teddy bear oh, i did help a teddy bear
0: <laughs> yeah how you doing your t- in your quarantine you know but it was like it lasted for two years and then two years later we look at that you know that yeah. moment it was like oh my god but so akara i remember akara doing dance videos with emilio and yeah. then i didn't see any more dance videos it was like every week you guys were doing like
2: partnered yeah. so yeah. So, well, so we were stuck inside and I couldn't get the energy out and he's a loud worker. And I was like, I'm a quiet worker. Anyway, you get it. Everybody's energy. And I'm like, I need to get this energy out. We can't go outside. Let's like do these dances. And that's when I started going on TikTok and seeing couples dance. I'm like, mm, I want to be cute like these couples. So we would just like copy the dances. But I was like, so hard on him. I'm like Hit the mark. You need to hit the mark. People gonna fun of us if you don't hit it. And he's like, I am hitting it. You're not hitting it. We I mean, would get in full-on fights. But we, like, did it anyway. We had fun, and people loved it. Then, unfortunately, uh, my dad got really sick. He was – we were losing him anyway, so I lost my dad during the pandemic. So we had to go to Florida and, you know, like, be with my family and, like, help out. So, like, that's really why the video stopped. Uh, Yeah, um, it got real. Things
0: got real. Yeah. And I thought about you every day when that was going on. I am so sorry, Ankara. You you know, I was sending you messages, and I was just, like – Cause I know how, yeah, how close you and you are. Met him. yeah, family, yeah, yeah, very close met, to your you family. Met all my
2: family, yeah,
0: yeah. So, so my heart a... goes out to your whole family with that because I know that still is still you. very fresh,
2: yeah. So. I mean, the first year was really hard, but I'm doing better now. I think that's what, like, kind of helped me come out of the fog was the stand up, you know, being around comics, being around comedy. It really helps, really helps. Grief is crazy, grief is crazy, you know.
0: It's a crazy time. It's all around. It's all around. You can't really get away from it, you know, and anything you can do to release. That's why every time I see you on stage and I see you smiling, I'm like, oh, she's got it. She's she's figured it out. But you've always had that spirit. So, you know, it's good to see. I love those donuts, by the way, behind you. I'm like noticing that.
2: I have a new podcast called Dum Dum Podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is the background that we use for it. It's just like, look me hungry. I, it's, you know, someone goes, Your wall has diabetes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All that sugar looks good. Yeah. Yeah. This wrapping
2: paper I put on my wall. Yeah. I love it. I love <laughs> That's it. And then
1: Victor's cool. got comic, comic books. Studio hacks. I do, I do a lot of studio hacks, too. Like, I got a, I a um, $40 uh, LED color yard light that's behind oh. my chair, and I just po- pointed at the back wall.
2: Smart. Mm, well,
0: you see what I did with my background? Nothing. <laughs> you very creative.
3: Very creative. I do have
0: another angle that I could do, but it takes. I have to put my whole desk, take the computer, shift it around. Oh, it's crazy. I only did do it you- on Saturdays.
1: I So when the pandemic happened, what I did was I immediately tricked out my office. Like I have everything I'd ever want in my office at home. So oh my. like my computer's on a swivel. So like I, it, ha, it has a pneumatic arm so I could just move it around to like change angles and stuff like that. I just did like that's what I did immediately. I was like, I obviously am going to be in my office forever. This is after the tweaks. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I'm going to be at home forever. So I forever? just got everything. I just got everything that I need. I got a gaming chair. I put my, my uh, monitor on swivels. I got a new desk.
0: I was recommended, you know, to get that. But I just, I don't know why I make life difficult. I just never did it. But I did have this desk built. It just doesn't swivel.
1: I, mean, I think that a lot of people did that, like, when they realized that they were going to be in their interior environment for a long time, they really started considering what was going on there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I got one of those way, like those things like, it's like a, half a table that you put onto a desk and you can raise it. So if you want to stand,
0: that's what my desk is actually doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um It's she's Italian, Alicia, Alicia, Alicia. I have heard. So she's, she goes, oh, Marina, you're going to do this and then that didn't and make it so easy for you to do and you can take it off if you want. So this thing is like standing and, um, like I ha it looks like a tray. Like when you go, like if someone was to cook a meal for you and bring you like a yes, tray yes. of So it's on top of the actual desk. So it's like yeah. stand. So I could actually stand, and then my chi- my chair is like like actually let's see, because <laughs> 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 so, I'm I'm really short, but my legs are swinging because the desk is so high. So I had to build foot footrest to. It's just math simple math anyway building desk work victor speaking of building and entrepreneurship and everything you have mentioned about entrepreneurship and how you during the pandemic you started reading a lot and getting well informed about like you know tell us what transition you made for yourself
1: uh well i mean to put it the most the most simple I was working as a producer on the Love & Hip Hop franchise, and I was making really good money, and I just hated every day. And then I went through some stuff. I I guess it was like, you know, like one of those moments in your life where you're like, what am I doing? And so so I went through something like that. And then I realized, I was like, hey, if people will let me be, um, you know, a, a higher level producer on million dollar franchises, I must be good at my job. Because, you know, that imposter syndrome would be like, you're not good at your job. You have to always work for somebody else. And then I was like, I think I can start working for myself and just doing things for myself. And then that's when I really started studying entrepreneurship and trying to marry that to what I like to do, which is make nonsense. And so I was like, (laughs) I think I can make money making nonsense. And so I am a big logic person. I used to be a computer programmer back in the, the day. And I'm just like very into coming up with, Irrefutable logic to help me move forward. So like I'll I'll make things that remind me like, yes, you can be successful. Yes, you can do all this stuff. And I'll, I'll do things that are what I feel are irrefutable logic so that I can move forward. And that makes me move forward and do things. And so that's what I'm doing now, which is just like uh, using entrepreneurial techniques to make nonsense profitable.
0: Irrefutable logic. God, I love that.
1: Yeah. I mean, because there is irrefutable logic in some cases. In some cases there are some things that you're like the logic says will most mothers protect their children. Yes. Okay, that's pretty much irrefutable logic. Most mothers will protect their children. And so you can do that with other things that help you like get over your anxiety. I have a lot of anxiety. Did we have we ever talked about this? How much no, anxiety I have? No. I didn't yeah. know
0: you had anxiety. Oh no, I t- <laughs> i've never seen your anxiety
1: oh I, i'm very good at hiding it <laughs> i'm wow. extremely i'm What's so good but but I don't, I'll, I'll tell you what you have noticed though uh, that'll let you know about my anxiety you know like you think i don't have anxiety but do i hang out in clubs no exactly i've never seen
0: that Never.
1: exactly i don't I barely I'm, I'm at
0: that point though i'm having a very difficult time after the pandemic i don't know about you on car like just socially with people oh, yeah because... i picked up some
1: agoraphobia during the pandemic yeah, i was like Whoa, I "What's this? this is new yeah absolutely, absolutely. are people monsters sure. people seem like monsters everybody seems like a monster
2: uh, yes yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. um... i forgot how to talk i forgot how to talk to people i was like i remember going out like when i started going out and like talking to people and I would say something, and I'm like, I go home, and be like, why did I say that? And I think about it for days, and I'm like, oh my god, they must think I'm an idiot. And like, who cares, you know? And I'm like, I'm just, for- I just forgot how to socialize. We all forgot how to socialize. I've so noticed that's that- what I say. I'm just like, I just forgot how to talk. Sorry.
1: I've noticed I've become confrontational (laughs) like if if people do something because I've only been dealing with people that I know in like my particular bubble for so long that if somebody's outside and they're just like being a jerk I'm just mad I just get furious so fast
0: I just leave everyone at the cell they're like like uh Yamanika this weekend it was like 11. And she said, what are you doing still here?
3: <laughs> like they all know me, <laughs> they know
0: I don't, you know, and I usually get like earlier spots, but I had a later spot and I couldn't control that. But I was, I just don't hang out. And like Keith will go, just sit down, dummy. I go, it's really <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I i tell him, I go, it's also like getting on the train late at night gives me so much Ooh. anxiety.
2: Scary. So I
0: got to get out like before it gets crazy. And it, it, yeah. and by the way, it's not just the um, mentally ill that makes me nervous. It's, it's young people. Young people get on my nerves lately.
1: So they're like
0: <laughs> on the train. They don't care. And they're like crowd in there and it's they're mm-hmm. drunk. And there's a lot of like colors and sparkles. <laughs> and I just don't want any part. And so I just want like peace. So I get yeah, I get you with the anxiety.
1: I've been forcing myself. Not to... my young intern,
0: by the way. I love you, Chloe. But go ahead. Victor. <laughs> I've been forcing myself to
1: interact more, like outside.
0: Oh, good. Like, how do you do that? Like, what do you you say hi to people? Or
1: I do things that I know that like I'll I'll have an idea to do something, but then I'll be like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to stay in here where it's warm. And then I'll be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> stop thinking like that. <laughs> I'll go out, and then I just talk myself into going out and doing whatever it is I thought of in the first place.
0: It is. It was hard. <laughs> Where It's warm. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is hard. Like, I remember like throwing out the garbage during the pandemic was like a big deal. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I mean, I was
1: like, this is a major move
0: I'm doing, you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, think, I think the funniest thing about the pandemic is like looking back, I was doing I was such a. Shill for the media in general, because they are like, it's gonna be two weeks. And I was like, okay, two weeks, great. And then it wasn't two weeks. So I was like, what happened? And then they're like, wash your vegetables, wash everything, wash your groceries. Whoa. And I was like, okay, washing the outside of a milk jug. Oh, <laughs> and then, <I> mean. <laughs> then they're like, no, 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 that's crazy. I'm like, what? Again? <laughs>
2: exhausting Soft <laughs>
1: was just like, and then, and then so but it's it's actually kind of funny because then everybody everybody who's like arguing with people about like the news media and like everybody distrust the news, but we were like all part of it. I mean, obviously yeah. it's not worth getting crazy about because I'm not going to spend my day like running down the street going distrust the news, but I'm also not going to be... Defending the news to the point where I'm like, I thought it was going to be two weeks and then I was washing my groceries because of what people said too. Yeah. (laughs) I was doing the exact same thing. I just kind of follow the herd.
0: You know, I was going to the farmer's market and I remember someone saying, Are you sure that's safe? And I was like, Well, I really didn't watch the news on that part. And you know what? It was the only thing that stayed open that was healthy that gave me an activity every Saturday. So, and then it became part of my life and then it became part of my story. Now I, and then I started fighting with people there.
3: (laughs) And then
0: now they all know me there and now I still go like, are there some things that you hold on to that you did during the pandemic that you just like, you keep doing like a ritual? That's
2: a good question. I think that, It's so funny, because I was so I kind of like just went really crazy. I mean, like, you know, some people went really crazy. Like, I really did. I was like, don't open the window. Like, don't go out. Like, I was like, terrified, you know, like, I was like, put 500 masks on when you go to the grocery store. Like, there was, there was like a five day period where we lost like six pounds because our groceries were late. And I was like, you can't go out like, I really, you know, and I was like, I'm never going to go back to, and like eventually when I, I think once I started doing stand up, I was like, I'm sharing mics with people who probably don't even give up. Like they probably don't even care. Like eventually, I, it just little by little, I was like, I, it's like, I got to live life again. And whatever's meant to be will be because like I just couldn't do all the things anymore. It was making me crazy. Like I stopped watching the news a year ago. Oh, good for you. And like, I'm like you know what I'm like whatever's meant to be will be like at least like ignorance is bliss I guess you know like kind of like I I was just driving myself crazy with all the little meticulous things so I don't really hold on to anything like I'll wear a mask still like on the train but now the mask laws are kind of like you know and if somebody's like uncomfortable or they want me to wear a mask in their home or whatever like of course I'm going to do that. Um, But I kind of let go. I kind of like slowly let go of everything. I think everyone
0: is at that point. You know, I mean, I still am a little extra and everyone Mm. knows it. Um, I still wear a mask everywhere um, until I'm on stage. That's my measured. I call it measured risks. And I also still bring my own microphone. So this is me in the club. I, I, I come on stage, and I go, and they take they unplug theirs, and I plug mine in. It goes into most of them, and they all go, oh, you can still do that. I go, I have a microphone. It's mine. Why not? Yeah. I was like, you know, and, it's, um, and it doesn't smell like ass when I talk into it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or, maybe, or
1: maybe you can't smell what your own ass smell smells like. <laughs>
0: it's possible (laughs) so uh so yeah you know i still do you know those little things is there anything you do victor still that
1: yeah actually the pandemic has definitely changed the way i just deal with people as a whole because it started with my wife at home because she is she's way more uh gung-ho about germs like when the pandemic came she was like this is my moment and so i was like okay go for it so so she's like (laughs) She's like, don't touch this, don't touch that. Wash your hands 13 times, you know? And then, so I I started doing this thing internally where I w- would be like, how much effort will it take to make her happy on this thing? And then if it's like very little, then I just do it. <laughs> because like, I'll pick and choose what to fight on. And so like, mm-hmm. but I do that with everybody now. Because like, when anybody asks me to do something or they want something from me, I'll talk to myself, how much effort does it take for me to do that? And the answer is like, none then I'll probably say yes or do whatever just to make them happy. Cause why not? If it, do, if it takes me no effort, I'll make people happy. And then, so that just became a regular part of my life now.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. So you send flowers?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> takes effort.
0: That takes effort.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: that is so funny. <laughs> but I, You know,
0: I was, I was thinking this <laughs> while you both were talking is like you both. Yeah. You're both married. So, like, you have a different whole dynamic with this and being, you know, having to, like, a lot of marriages did not last through this mm. pandemic. I mean, I've talked to some people recently, actually, in the in the zeitgeist or whatever you call that. I think in the next week or so, you can, you know, I've always been right on this. I think you'll see a whole... <laughs>
3: I like that.
0: Right? Yeah, oh. like a I mean, mystic- you're mystical
1: magic. This is like your thing. You're reading the chicken guts. What's that? What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading the <this> tea leaves. <laughs> but I do feel that there's gonna be a bunch of people articles about people who want to leave their husband right now. A a lot of this conversation is happening within this month. And I don't know why. I think it's just the natural transition of life, of dealing with trauma. We've got a war. We're coming out of the pandemic, sort of. But I think a lot of people are really going, hmm, I want something more. And I don't know if this is it. I just feel like... And not to say that's going on. with You guys don't have to reveal this on this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I don't know what question I'm going to pose to you safely. But how do you uh, maintain your relationship? You, you said, Victor, you did things that made her happy. Was there anything that you do, Ankara, to like sort of maintain the sanity of the relationship? Keep it going? You know, I think
2: we formed like a really strong codependency um, during, during the pandemic. Like we were inseparable, and I think a lot of it was like my own fear, and then the loss of my dad, and then wanting to be close to my family. So like it, like I just wanted him to be home all the time. Like the the like agoraphobia, like I was I was home, so I wanted him to be home. I never wanted him to leave. I would get upset if he if he left, you know. So like for me, I think, but also like coming out of my own issues and grief and being like, you know what, I need to live my life. Like life is too short. We were locked in a box for two years. Like we got to live, you know? So I think it's like giving your partner the autonomy to live their own life because it was almost like taken away from us. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like, I think a lot of, I think we had to do a lot of things for each other for so long that we lost like a sense of what do we want to do? I think allowing the other person to explore what they want to do now that we've gone through such a traumatic experience um, is important, even though it's hard. I think it's like you have to kind of let each other like do and go and do things you want to do, you know. That's
0: amazing. I love that because I, I watched my sister with her husband, you know, cause I just I'm like a voyeur into marriage life because I, you know, never did it. Not probably won't. But I watched her talking with her husband about her photography work. And she's been off and doing her own thing. And that pandemic, I think inspired her to do what you just said, to go off and live her life and do what she wants to do. And I just watched him listen to her talk about it like it was just I was like, Oh, that's great that he's like, he's interested in her new, you know, venture. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think
3: Victor. I
2: think we feel like everything
1: was when I w- during the pandemic, my wife was also very much like she would also get upset if I would leave the house. We c- like we I mean we were on different scales with the pandemic. Like I ov- obviously like I understood what the pandemic was, but I was also not a germaphobe before the pandemic and then so like with the pandemic, you know, kind of compounded that. And it was just interesting for me to hear your point of view cuz I went through it from the other side in our relationship so thanks you're welcome
0: <laughs> i was like your wife i was like this is my time to show
3: <laughs> i
0: was like i i was like because there was people they were like marina you you knew about this early i was like i know because <laughs> i did i knew i knew it was coming in december the december yeah, before it came
2: I, was I, pictures I, I I saw, I was like, did you guys see what's happening in China? Everyone's like, oh, that always. That, and I'm like, no, this is bad. But that, that was, like, a, oh. it was the
0: pictures multiplied by, I was sick for a month in November and I was hearing mm. the way people were coughing on the planes, the rhythm of life, oh, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. Because comics, when you're on the road, you do hear rhythm of life. You hear it. So it's like something's off. There's the coughing is different. The coughing is consistent. It's not stopping. Doesn't seem like anyone can control that cough. So that's interesting. And then that news, when it came out of China, I was like, oh, because I never think anything that's happening there can't happen here. That's just my philosophy in life. Whatever is happening anywhere else can absolutely happen here. And everyone was like, oh, look at that poor China. <laughs> and then I was like uh, telling people, and they were like, uh and someone said, Marina, you keep being ahead of this. I think I'm just going to go to you. And I was like, yeah, just make me the CDC for you. Marina,
1: you sound great. I think you should be president.
0: Yeah. I, I, I have been told that as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Did you believe it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, what's stopping you, Marina?
0: Oh, God, your you're right. Board. I mean, look at Biden. If he can be, like, as old as he is, it's not a young person's job.
1: Actually, so. I would love to... I want to take back what I just said because I think that you could be president because anyone, anyone can do anything. They really can, <laughs> except for uh, you with pop-locking. Other than that, like, anyone else can do anything. Marina just tried to pop-lock. Everybody, <laughs> if you're just listening to the audio, she was trying to pop-lock. It was
0: yes.
1: it's not a great show.
0: Well, let's get into these... Uh, <laughs> topics while we're here at the 30 minute mark. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see this 40 year old CEO wants to de-glorify startups. Now, I don't know if I wish entrepreneurship on anyone, he says, it's my worst enemy. So we were talking about this entrepreneurship. Tech executive, Bin Lam, founder and CEO of Colossal Biosciences, has launched six startups over the past 20 years, and despite the success as an entrepreneur, he is speaking about its darker side, noting how 200 days a year away from family, pleasing boards and shareholders and barely sleeping to secure the success of your business idea meant a lot of breakdowns, exhaustion, burnout. And he cried. Are you crying? <laughs> I
1: am not crying.
0: Did you read that I,
1: article about this dude? I didn't read the entire article. I just kind of skimmed it, but here's the thing. I think that you can be an entrepreneur in many different ways. I mean, like we're all entrepreneurs on this show, and nobody's crying right now. I mean, you I've can cried. Well, I mean, of course, everybody has cried. I cried, um, you know, when I met you, but <laughs> as as just like as just like people, I, I think that that's just a guy who's just having a really bad time, <laughs> and he just happens to, to have a connection to media. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's just like I yeah, mean, but I get it. it. Sometimes you feel like you can't. Like you feel like it's all it's over. Sometimes you feel like it's over. Maybe well, those times you shouldn't publish articles. Yeah, but I also <laughs>
0: yeah. think it's perfect timing for the article because of I keep saying we work movie, but it's we crash movie or series that I'm watching on Apple. Oh, which I'm is watching that too. So good. It's so, so good. good. I'm really so like good. tearing through it. I haven't enjoyed a show in a while. Like I'm enjoying this one. And the acting yeah. is amazing, which is, by the way, something I haven't seen a lot of is good acting lately. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but and Anne Hathaway uh, looks amazing. And I'm not usually a big fan she, of her. She I know
0: she does look amazing in this. Looks amazing, yeah. But that entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. Like gone wild. Yeah. And I look at how um He just seemed to be like, uh, like it's starting to give me a little perspective on who is allowed to invest, who, why people invest, what type of person they believe in or get behind. It's usually like someone white, you know, or someone that's like them. Like when you look at the the girl who did the blood test, I forget her name. They have a movie about her too. Oh, they all got behind this like blonde. White girl, she was doing the male voice, right? But they all like was so fast to give her money, and I, I was just like, "What is that?"
1: Well, well, you are talking about the uh, you are talking about the blood lady, right? Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Do you do you find Victor like because you are do- you are doing like some major people are really investing in you right now? Did you have any like resistance, or are you finding it to be like what's the key to getting people to believe in your? Your product.
1: I mean, I can tell you my deep, crazy Machiavellian thoughts if you'd like. <laughs> sure. Yes. Uh, well, uh, when remember when I was saying I would, I would come up with irrefutable things to help me move forward? So I thought about what it gets people to give you money. And in fact, during the time when I thought about what people would give you money, I actually watched a lot of um documentaries about con artists because not because I was trying to con anybody but I wanted to know how they got people to want to to that point. And I was like, what if you could get people to that point and then give them something good rather than a con. And so that was part of what I was doing. And and here's why. Here's here's the here's here's how you get people to give you money. People who are going to give you money are basically asking two questions and if you have those questions answered before you enter the room they'll give you money Mm. the first question they're going to ask in their head is can you actually do the thing that you're trying to get money from them to do like they want to know like can you that's the first question that people are asking internally and People ask that, uh, I would ask that of uh, you, you would ask that of me if if you were trying to give me money to do anything, do people ask that of Steven Spielberg? Can, Can Steven Spielberg make a movie? No, people don't ask that question. That question is answered before he enters the room. I'm not saying that you have to be Steven Spielberg, but I'm just saying that you should have the reputation of getting things done. And then number two, they wanna know, is it good? Now this is the tricky one. This is the tricky one because Executives often don't know the answer to this question. Okay. Right. They can't tell if something is good. I'm not saying all executives, I'm just saying some of the executives don't know. They're mostly just afraid of passing on something that's good or giving a chance to something that's bad and having their name on it. That they're afraid. They're not, a lot of executives don't know what's good. But if your reputation is what is like the, what you do is good, then that question is solved for them too. So it's not a question of whether or not they want to work with you. It's just what they're going to work with you on. So like Seth, Seth Rogan's reputation is that what he does is good, right? So executives don't have to make that decision. You don't want the person you're talking to to have to make that decision. It should be understood that you're good at what you do. And if you can get those two questions answered before you enter a meeting, that's how you get people to give you money.
3: Nice.
0: And a lot of people who are listening who are, you know, maybe at a point where they're trying to turn their lives around, you know, we were talking, the word reinvent is what I'm thinking, you know, I would think that's probably what they're asking Steven Spielberg. (laughs) 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 can you reinvent
3: yourselves
0: (laughs) Mm. Uh, but pivoting also i think a lot of people were pivoting during the pandemic trying to figure out what what career path do i have now and i and i think a lot of people they're, they're talking about the job you know people are not weren't satisfied with their jobs you look better. You cleared off your screen. Looks nice. <laughs> uh, the people were not satisfied with their jobs. And you see what's happening at Amazon. You know, even though there's an appeal, it's a time when I think a lot of people are like, hmm, what do I do with myself now? And I want more. Is it good? And can I get it done? Right?
1: Right. Well, they want to know, yeah, can you do it? And are you, is it good? Yeah. They want to know if they're on the winning team with you. Yeah, and that's that really the only two things.
0: Which is amazing because you're right. We all do this constantly as stand-ups. I mean, we do this as, a, as we sit in front of an audience or we stand in front of an audience. We're always pitching ourselves to the audience. They're going, mm-hmm. is it good? And can I... Am I on the
1: winning be, team with that person? Am they, I mean, on the winning
0: team? Yeah. I
1: mean, it, it 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 that's. I mean, comics know that better than anybody. That sometimes you'll be doing a bit and the audience is with you, and sometimes they're not with you because they've what? Sometimes they've decided you don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> and sometimes they're like, "Oh, this person knows what they're talking about."
0: And it could be one word that's left <laughs> out of the joke that yeah. changes the whole meaning, but you, the comic doesn't know it. I I mean, I was on stage and I was like, I I must have, this joke always kills what's happening.
1: I think sometimes it's not even, sometimes it's not even the joke itself. Sometimes it's just that like, you don't strike it off with the audience the right way. Maybe like you don't.
2: Yeah. I think like for me, like, I think like it's commitment, right? Like before I get on stage. I'm like, yes, you can go do this. Right. And on nights where I'm like, man, I'm not sure. I mean, kind of like wavering. They feel that energy. But if you go up there and like, let's say you're trying a new joke, if I'm not sure about the joke and I think I'm not sure about the joke, it won't land. But if you do the same joke and I say, this is going to work work. You know, I think it's like sometimes the energy you put behind it, like you're committed to the energy of whatever you're doing. Like you have to believe it.
0: I've always noticed that people who come for money in comedy, there are those that uh, exist around us that have a lot of money, but they don't say it. They walk around with plaid shirts and stuff and act like they're poor, but I, I find out they have a lot of money. Anyway, <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> they walk into a room with confidence because they, don't come from a feeling of like, if I don't do this, I can't pay my rent, right? Or they've always been on the winning team, so to speak, because yeah. they come from money. So yeah. I've noticed a lot of times in the industry, they tend to sell shows a little bit more, like they'll sell a show with confidence, even if it's bad. Uh, mm-hmm. When they get on stage, they'll like have confidence, even if it's bad, but they, they can deliver it. And the audience will get behind confidence A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And I'll notice that because I'll see, I'll see what the comic's saying. I'm like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Or not funny. (laughs) Or funny. But the comedian has this amazing ability to have confidence in what they're saying and sh- and so we get on board very good victor absolutely very good elon musk says humans could eventually download their brains into robots now we had zainab johnson on here last week i wish i had had this on uh the week before last uh This article had come out when she was here because she had said that the writer, um, Daniel's first upload, but she said that he's always been kind of ahead of his time and a lot of things that he puts in his movies, eventually they're done. And Mm -hmm. this article speaks to that. So billionaire Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk seems to believe that humans will eventually be able to live forever by downloading their brains into robots. On a statement given to Insider, he believes his technology would be gradual evolution from today's computer memory storage technology. He noted that a major difference would be a lack of body and sensory perception in the same way, but continued, as far as preserving our memories, our personality, I think we could do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, except for the part that people always forget to talk about when they're talking about any downloading brains or teleportation or anything like that, uh, that it's copying. It's copying your brain. It's not downloading your brain. So from your experience, you're like hooked up to the computer. You're looking at numbers going into the computer. And you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you die. <laughs> and then the thing inside the computer thinks it's you. <laughs> but you get to watch it go, live on, and you die. <laughs>
0: Well, it is, it's like a crazy idea that you're, well, they said they cannot scan your brain. They said that you can't live through it. So that means they have tried it, I think.
1: Maybe. Well, I'm sure they've tried things a lot earlier than they should have. Scanning
0: a person's brain. That's insanity. But it's, they said it should, it's not going to take decades. It could take like centuries before that's actually viable
1: yeah i mean scanning people's brains though that is i mean that i feel like that it's gonna happen but also i feel like it's not going to be one of those things where you're like you don't die <laughs> you die you die and they just <laughs> copy your consciousness and so that you create you basically have a child that thinks it's you
0: and that will be politically a problem because they'll be like we don't need these humans anymore
1: yeah, it's like yeah then,
2: themselves stuff right like they're like i don't know i still don't understand how airplanes get in the air so like i believe anything's possible but i'm like how does it how are we in the air right now and not crashing like and my dad was a pilot like i still don't get it
1: can you but imagine it, yeah,
2: but, it's a, of, but it's happened
1: yeah can you can you imagine lawsuits in the future where people don't like people are trying to say that they're going to retain their wealth when they move on to be a computer body. And they're like, but that's not even the real you like you, (laughs) your money belongs to your, you know, your children and grandchildren. Oh Oh, my God. uh, Can you, yeah, that it's going to be nuts.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It opens up a Pandora box of like so many issues. I mean, it's also going to be like, uh, race is going to play into it for sure. You know, like, who can upload their brain? Who gets this opportunity? Who doesn't get this opportunity? And can you put that person's memory and scan it into a different color robot? Yeah. Robot. Rachel Dolezal wants to be a black woman and she could scan it into an actual mm-hmm. black woman's body.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's totally good. And then the new Rachel dolazole all in that new body because the old one would be dead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to say on car? <laughs> I think they should work on cryogenically freezing us first. You know, like from Austin Powers where like you're frozen for 20 years and then you can wake up again and you're the same age. Like I think that just the like they should work on, right? Because then it's like you have a disease and maybe somebody else figures out in 20 years. In 20 years you wake up and you get that fixed.
0: This is actually in the article that that they are working on like science behind like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And that is really the purpose of the study is to fix problems that happen in the brain. That's really the purpose of this. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, measures exactly how it's neurons are connected to each other. I love this quote that he says, because this makes me go back to like young people and why they're necessary. Notably, Musk himself doesn't seem to want to live forever, nor does he endorse the idea for anyone else. He goes, I don't think we should try to have people live for a really long time. That would cause asphyxiation of society, because the truth is, most people don't change their mind. They just die. So if they don't die, we will be stuck with old ideas and society wouldn't advance. I was like, "Ooh,
1: good point. Mm -hmm.
0: I was like
3: damn
0: so maybe that's an argument for why we shouldn't have old presidents anymore
2: <laughs>
0: right
1: yeah younger presidents just just people that are elitely trained <laughs> brains <laughs> that just really good thinkers trained from when they're like in high school uh for 15 years and then they can run for president
0: <laughs> i yeah i mean I'm, i ran for high school president
1: yeah. I mean, I know yeah? it seems fair.
0: You win? I, I did not.
1: No. <laughs> oh. uh, I did not <laughs> run for high school president and I, I won because there was a kid named Victor Nakumbe who everyone thought was me and he oh. won high school president because people thought no they were way. voting for me. How so funny people peripherally thought they liked me, but they didn't like me so much that they knew what my last name was.
0: <laughs> and that's a different last name altogether too.
1: Yeah. Nakumbe.
0: Pretty cool. Last name. Yeah. great. Oh, you, were, you brought up Seth Rogan. On his and his has a pot business. Most people can incorporate weed into their lives. The reason I put this in, obviously, is because we're doing a show. Victor is doing a show. Can you tell our listeners about the show on that is happening tonight after this episode that you're listening to? So if you're in New York City.
1: The show is happening tonight. And if you're if you're listening to this, you can actually get a ticket to watch the show live from anywhere in the world at worlds420party.com or if you want to be great go to marina.dynamokingdom.com because that'll help this very podcast which we all like to do
0: yeah so get this like you're listening to this right now and you're going oh i
1: yeah okay, you can, can listen go you're watch listening to this right now yeah. you can go watch marina and even even if you're i think it'll be also available for like 24 hours uh, after so you can you don't have to even be there exactly live but if you're live you can actually talk to people in the show it's going to be stand up with marina franklin uh rob cantrell joyelle nicole johnson uh dave hill there's also a rap battle <laughs> that happens in the show uh tonight uh with uh chris sullivan from freestyle love supreme he's coming off of his broadway tour to perform the rap battle uh and then there are also uh the go-go dinosaurs are performing which are go-go dancing uh dinosaurs and so The show is a complete joy. So if you've got time, check out Dynamo Kingdom. Go to dynamokingdom.com, or if you're gonna buy a ticket, go to marina.dynamokingdom.com. And on this episode, if you look in the episode notes, there's gonna be some discount codes. Oh, yeah. So if if you're quick, there's gonna be discount codes. They'll be they'll be mixed up, they'll be anywhere from 50% to hundred percent off.
0: Oh, and they can still and they can still get it for tonight. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, right.
1: Absolutely. As oh. long as you're the first one to grab those discount codes.
0: Gotta grab it. Gotta grab it. And it's on 420. Now, what was the like thought behind this show? Like, like what made you go 420 and this group? And you don't smoke weed. I I've never seen you smoke. Me?
1: I do smoke weed.
0: Oh so does that help your anxiety
1: it does it actually does i don't smoke i don't smoke like a lot of weed i'll usually smoke like a one hitter and Mm -hmm. then that will help me focus because i have adhd as well Mm. as my anxiety and so like a little bit of weed just helps me focus and get tasks done um and then i i don't do weed like when i'm usually on stage and i don't usually do weed when i'm like When I'm like really seriously like in the zone, like writing something new or creating something new, like I want my mind to be like absolutely at its sharpest. But I'm a this sounds I it sounds totally crazy from my part, but I'm just like a person where the whole world seems like it's going in such slow motion all the time to me. And so if I don't have a little bit of weed sometimes when I'm working, like I just my mind just goes crazy i can't even concentrate
0: yeah no i totally get that as i'm saying it like a stoner i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) totally
1: yeah but this show is all about this show is just all about like i like to do fun things with my friends and so if it's a show that i'm producing i like to invite my friends i like everybody to be paid well i like everybody at the show to get their money's worth i just want everyone to just have a really good time like right now what i'm doing is making sure that we have free drinks at the bar like as many as possible i'm just making sure that when people come to these shows like it's a really good time i'm making sure that there's stuff to give people online who are going to be watching the shows because i want i want everybody to be able to enjoy and win prizes and so i want to it's, it's like those parties you throw in my house yeah. It's like that, where I used to throw parties at my house where people could come to the parties and there'd be video games everywhere in every room so people could play games. If you didn't know anybody, there'd be stuff for you to do. You could play rock band or you could play Dance Dance Revolution or there'd be video games being projected on the wall above the dance floor at the oh, parties. And we're doing the same thing here where we're having video games in the space because there's a DJ dance party as part of it as well. So oh, cool. Yeah. And if you're if you're watching online and you come, if you buy, if you watch online, you buy your ticket to the show, then you also get uh, an invite to a special online after party that is hosted by uh, Darren Brand from Wild and Out, and also from by Patrick Cloud from Dad Jokes on uh, on, on all deaf comedy.
0: This is going to be so. This is going to be the longest I've actually hung out.
1: It's just like <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making it so because really. the comics in the show they're doing actually not really long sets it's actually short sets Mm -hmm. so you just like do your short set and then you just hang out and have a party yeah i'm gonna be partying and then the world can and And the the world world will see me
0: the world will see me (laughs) like high and just i maybe just be sitting there
1: (laughs) (laughs) i have some strong stuff you know
0: Do do you do you so you do one hitters you ever do edibles
1: uh yes yeah, someone just gave me some edibles someone made me some edibles i actually helped a friend out because oh, this is really funny a friend of mine came these are the edibles that i'm uh i got right here oh nice a friend of mine came to new york and they were, came for a concert and then somehow they bought their ticket and got on the plane but didn't actually have their ticket to the concert oh god <laughs> so they're here in new york and then so So then her and her friend were supposed to go to something at City Winery. And then one of the comedians on the show, Dave Hill, performs at City Winery all the time. So I asked Dave. I was like, hey, I told him the whole story. I was like, they did this obviously stupid thing. Can you help them? (laughs) And then he did, and he got them into the concert. And so he got them into the concert for free. And then so they gave me uh, edibles Edibles. as a gift. That's great.
0: Now, Akar, do you do do edibles or do you ever... Partake,
2: I, yeah. I used to love smoking pot and edi- edibles were really strong for me. Um, like I couldn't handle them, like me it was too. like I would sit on the couch, I'd be like, I can't move. Um, but yeah, you know, during the pandemic, I stopped all that because my anxiety got so bad that it was like the opposite, like, I started getting paranoid.
0: Mm. Stuff. What kind of weed were you smoking? You know, I'm you know, such it
2: was a. The stuff that I always do, but I my anxiety just went through the roof with like mm. grief and stuff that I kind of just quit everything to kind of get my brain clear and like clean. And I'm just too scared to go back because I'm just feeling good
0: right now I know that feeling look at me I was in the beginning I was so so off I was like no what kind do you smoke you should fix that formula (laughs) Um, because there is like types of weed but other than that I totally know what you mean because I remember when I was grieving over my father and my sister I remember the worst thing was like it was already the reality that I was in was kind of crazy Mm -hmm. and the last thing I wanted to do was to heighten it you know like i don't drink anymore because i was like i just can't right. you know but um i totally get that but i'm back i'm smoking all the time like i i smoke throughout the whole pandemic pretty much except for the time where i got a cough because i hit the bong too hard or the not the <laughs> but i hit my um my one hitter my my vape machine um i hit it too hard you see that oh wow yeah i know it looks like a, a it looks like,
1: like a, a spaceship <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's like something you wrote a gun with.
0: I know, yeah. I, uh, Vladimir, who I should have asked to come out here today, but he told me to get this, but it, he got the one that's half the size. I wasn't paying attention
1: when he told me. <laughs> It so yeah, is like, like a collapsible taser.
0: Yeah. And so like in there, that's where you put the screen. And then I'm cleaning out the top portion. I clean it out every week with alcohol and stuff to get out the gook and stuff. But in the beginning, because you see this little temperature thing, right? And when you hit it, I had it too high. It can go really high. And I think I burned my lungs. Mm. Yeah. So I was like. I was done for about a good three months. I didn't smoke. Oh, wow. I was coughing for a while. Mm-hmm.
1: I had During the pandemic and people were like, oh, you got the COVID. Mm-hmm. I know.
0: And it was like <laughs> not. It was just like I hit it too hard. And I was like, and I told Vlad, I go, you told me to put it at this. He's like, I didn't tell you to go that high. That so um, I had that cough. Everyone who knows who's listening to this remembers that moment. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, Yeah. Uh (laughs) Um, but, um, we have this one article about a guy who has, uh, cancer actually. And like I had breast cancer too. I mean, I don't think that's why I use it. I do it. You know, I, well, I do, I will say it helps me to sleep, helps me during, you know, perimenopause. There's several reasons. And also they found that marijuana can reduce tumors, you know, any justification.
1: Um, do you remember do you remember when weed was uh supposed to stop you from uh getting COVID? remember then everybody oh, was yes. like oh perfect
0: yep i perfect. do remember that i do and i was like this is why i never got it i was like oh but this survivor uh oh well back to seth Rogan, I started that article and then I didn't finish. Seth Rogan is known for being an actor, writer, a producer, and also a lover of cannabis. So much so that with friends and investors, including Evan Goldberg and Mikey Moore, he started a company in 2019 called Houseplant, which distributes cannabis products through retailers in California and sells custom-made cannabis home good accessories. 18 states have legalized cannabis for adult use, but it's still considered an illegal substance under federal law and in half the country. Weighing in on what it's like starting and growing a business where its primary product is still a, still largely banned, Rogan and Moore agree that weed is politicized. It's a politicized subject right now and incorporates a social message with the Marijuana Policy Project and Cage-Free Cannabis and Black Lives Matter. Now, I have a little bit of a, uh, you know, the fact that he's using black lives matter for his, I mean, I,
3: it's nice,
0: (laughs) but I have a little bit of a bone to pick with that because I'm like, I mean, as we know, you know, disproportionately black people were prison, imprisoned for marijuana and still are there. Um, I'd rather you have black employees or someone who's black that is your partner than for you to just slap a black lives matter sign or mission statement on your, on your business. I mean, that's just me. You know, I have to bring that up because this is a, you know, a woman of color podcast and I'm with
1: you. White is overstepping. <laughs> <I> absolutely <laughs> agree. <laughs> Who do they think they are? (laughs) I'm with you, Marina.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Because I was like, I was reading that. I was like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, right. You don't slap a little Black Lives Matter, a little mission statement on your core. I want to tell you
1: something that directly relates to what you're talking about. However, I can't because I've said I would never say it in public, but I would tell you personally after your podcast. What? I know it, it directly relates to a lot of stuff we were talking about and especially what you just talked about right now, something that is happening. I want you to know about this in my life.
0: Oh, Oh God. The listeners mm-hmm. are like, can we get that on the Patreon?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll talk. I'll tell it. I'll tell, I'll talk about it at the after party at Dynamo kingdom.
0: So.
1: Oh, <laughs> the well, <intrigue>. there are. <laughs>
0: You know, what Rogan said here was I, I invite them not to buy our products.
1: What? Yeah, he's talking to people who are like, have a problem with the weed products. Oh, he's like, then don't buy the products.
0: I think weed is a political thing in America right now. And if you pretend it's not that it is a political stance where you are taking the position of denying reality and ignoring the actual political climate that we live in right now. And we do not want to do that, which is funny because I do do that in my act. I was in my old act. Where I say, you know, white people, some white people, some racist people make good products.
3: <laughs> and I'm like,
0: it's just messed up because you're like, oh, it smells so good, but I can't, I can't come in.
3: <laughs> you, know?
0: Um, you know, like New Balance was like, I had no idea during like the Trump years that they were Trump supporters. And I was like, oh my God, I, but I, I need their shoes. This is the best shoes for my knees.
1: I used to love bullet bourbon like it was my favorite bourbon until I found out that they pushed out their they pushed out their uh, CEO because she was lesbian (laughs) and so then I stopped drinking bullet bourbon but I really liked it
0: you miss it huh
1: well yeah I mean and I know that I'm not really making a dip in bullet bourbon but it's just like me personally I was just like I couldn't yeah but I did miss it
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> good. you know what i i stopped watching the view when they banned whoopi because mm. i actually was like i agreed with the fact that she needed to be disciplined in a way that educating her but i was like the show's called the view yeah.
3: so that right. means
0: that it's a tv show that's based on people's views and if she said something wrong then you correct it but you don't like give her a suspension of two weeks or whatever they did. And I was like, well for those two weeks I just won't watch. But like you have a yeah. conversation
2: about it. You know what I mean? Like you you converse, you talk about why it's an issue for some people. You know what I mean? Like Yeah.
1: Someone said that the funny thing is like you can see that uh Whoopi is really learning from her experience by what she's saying online. It would be great if she had a national platform to talk about that on. <laughs> <laughs> right? Cuz she got banned.
0: Yeah, I mean the thing is is like yeah, cuz it's like we should talk about why she was wrong. We should educate people, uh, you know, continue continually. It's really important that people understand what systemic racism is and what um like holocaust deniers, not that she was one, but she was very ignorant in what she said. Um uh-huh. what is the word I'm trying to say for so early, I can't get my brain.
1: I don't know. I, I do what think- Jewish hate when they when people are oh, anti-Semitism.
0: Yeah, anti-Semitism is very real. So, you know, like you got to continue to talk about it. And by banning her for two weeks, I feel like they just lost out on an opportunity to really, you know, drill that in. And I think she's such a good host still that I just didn't care to watch the show. And I gotta say, like, I've stopped watching the show as much as I used to because of that moment. It just felt like, and I don't know if I've put a dent into the show by not watching it, but I just was like, something didn't feel authentic when they did that.
1: Yeah, I absolutely understand that. I think that people have to be better at letting people in on the conversation so so that they can learn. I feel like a lot of times if people are saying something uh improper some people not a, a lot of people but some people are open to learning what what is the proper thing they should be saying or to uh interact in a better way however there's a lot of fear about even asking too
0: yeah because- there is a lot of fear I, mm-hmm. I agree like i often find like white people will hesitate before asking me about my hair or they'll say to me marina you are I feel like I can't ask you. Like you never make me feel like bad for asking. And in a way I go, well, that's good because someone needs to educate your white ass. No, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I mean, it is important that these moments when people really want to know the answer that we don't make them feel bad. You know, I I do say that for the person who's tired of always explaining blackness, I get it too. I get it, you know, but you know, those moments are, they are important especially with people you care about or friends you know i would say like there's certain people i wouldn't waste my time explaining things to
1: my smartest friends during uh the the time right after the death of george floyd my smartest white friends waited for me to reach out to them yes (laughs) the the ones who were just like bombarding me (laughs) during that time, like, and then I actually drew a cartoon making fun, and then it got rejected by the New Yorker. I drew, I drew a cartoon of just a white, a black person with their door open and a white woman like rushing in on her (laughs) knees, and she had a kente cloth, and she was wearing a kente cloth, and she was like, "Just tell me I'm a good person." Of so course funny. it was rejected from the New Yorker, but <laughs> it's so funny. Did you, you still yeah.
0: put it up? I think, right? Did yeah, you put I put it up
1: on my I put it up on my personal Instagram for the world to see. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like sometimes. And I I understand that there are times like where like I don't want to be approached, but I also want people to I want people to feel comfortable asking, which is kind of like a catch 22 You never know white people you could be walking in anything yes <laughs> can, and i feel like any emotion
0: both of you are very interesting in this way where people white people may be curious as to what you are exactly so they you probably have bombarded with questions like Ankara,
2: right like, yeah for sure well it's interesting because I, i'm i'm sitting here listening to you guys and i'm thinking you know i'm half hispanic and my mom you know she's white my dad's Hispanic but I was raised overseas in like a culture like I was raised in the Middle East and so I had the Middle East culture I had cultures from all over the world and being raised there you have to be not have to be it was just normal like you're open like to all cultures I was open to all cultures I was taught to respect all cultures like this person's from there, this is their culture, this is what they believe And this person's from there. So it was just like, that's how I was raised. It was like, oh, look at all these different people from different backgrounds, and this is what they believe. That's the way I was raised. And then I came back to the US, and it was very like, okay, this is what these people believe, you know? But I think that when you're in a pool of like different cultures, like overseas, everybody respects each other's culture, and you're not defending or telling people how to act or what to do. But when I came back here, it was very like one way. And I think people back then and now forget to ask, oh, where are you from? What's your culture? What do you do? What do you believe in? And like come from a place of curiosity, which I don't think could ever be offensive, right? Like if someone's genuinely interested in your background, it's like, oh, let me let me tell you where I come from. We're all like worldly people. We live in different places. We've grown up in different mentalities. You survive in you know like in, in different places in the world because of the temperature or this or that. You have Everybody has different survival. Someone that grew up in New York City and someone that grew up in Georgia or someone that grew up in Florida or California, it's all different experiences, you know, no one's wrong. It's just you've had different experiences, same with culture and what you look like and where you're from, what you believe in.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I agree. It's always in the way they ask, too. It's like if they ask and and it's genuine and it's like, like I said, someone that I don't mind explaining to, it's fine, you know. But if it's someone that is coming from a place of really just an asshole place, like, what do you do with your hair? What's your hair doing? You know, that type of dumb shit. You're like, all right, enough. And I think that's why uh, representation matters. When we talk about Katanji Brown Jackson, Anita Hill talks about katanji brown jackson um how did you feel when you saw that she was finally confirmed i'll ask you first victor
1: uh i as soon as she was up for confirmation i knew she was going to be confirmed (laughs) because we are we're a nation right now you know like when you know like when uh you're at the point where like you can ask somebody for a favor and you know they can't say no because of what has happened in the past yeah, you know, like we, we have that—that's the way the country is about having a black person in the Supreme Court. Like, it's like, like you can't say no now. Now, after Trump, you're gonna say no to black Supreme? Yeah, can't. And so they didn't. And, Kava- <laughs> and
0: Kavanaugh, right after we yeah. watched that whole debate. Exactly.
1: Exactly. It's it's just. I think I was on your show before when I was on your show and I was talking about like how you're asking me about what I thought about the uh, Me Too movement and like how aggressive it had become and political correctness and how aggressive it had become. And I was talking about like, it's a pendulum. like it, Like the pendulum swings and like, so we'll get to the place where everything is going to be okay eventually, but we have growing pains because like it used to be like the pendulum was way back where everybody got hurt. And now everybody's getting attacked for even the slightest thing because the pendulum is swinging the other way, but it'll keep swinging back and forth and eventually get to a place where the, com- the country can be okay and where people can be okay. That's also what happens. Just I think it happens with everything because like the pendulum swang one way when it was Kavanaugh and now it's swinging another way
0: we could just put one more person in there that's like us (laughs) just one more
1: oh yeah because i I mean mean,
0: with abortion rights and you know i don't know if you saw the story about the woman who they were going to charge her for murder for self-inflicting abortion on herself this was in the uh news i didn't put it in the article because i know like by this week it's probably going to be a new story on that but You know, we just need someone in there to really look out for women's rights. I mean, it's crazy what's happening. I mean, when you look at Ukraine, you know, and and what is happening there, democracy is, is in fact, so fragile. I feel really proud about what I just said. Did you see (laughs) it (laughs) Fragile
2: is a good word. It's a good word. I think, I mean, I think that our government should reflect our country and we are a country of immigrants. We just are. Um, it's just what the media chooses to push forward. You know what I mean? Like if you ask me, it should be United colors with Benetton ads. Like it should be across the board. Everybody. We should have one of everybody in our justice system because. Well, there is that one who's... group we
0: could leave out.
2: Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> so joking. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, I think that go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I just, so I just served my first, I don't know if you guys have ever served jury duty. I just served jury duty, right? So in deliberation, like you listen to, or you like not supposed to share anything the whole time, right? You're just listening to your perspective, your thought, what you believe with all the information that they're giving you, but you can't talk to the other people, the other jurors until the very end. So you develop your own idea of what's happening, right? Over, and it was over four weeks, which I've never thought about I something know. without somebody else's head in my head until the end and when we got in there we were all talking I was like this is my opinion and then someone's like well in my perspective in that situation I wouldn't do that I would do this and I was like you wouldn't like that's the first thing I would do and then everybody had a different perspective of what they would do because they're like well in my culture this is what I do this is where I come from this is this is how I react to that and that's that's normal in my culture so that that wouldn't even bother me and like those are things I wouldn't think about I wouldn't even think about, you know, I think it's important to have perspectives from all different kinds of people all the time. Four weeks? Do they pay well? No.
1: I mean, it sounds interesting, though. I mean, I've actually... Look at me, I just
0: went to the money. I I was like, how much much is that?
2: Did you get good pay?
0: (laughs) But go
1: ahead, Victor. Sorry. Yeah, I've 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 never done jury duty, but that makes me want to do jury duty because I've actually done everything I can to not do jury duty so far, but uh, that actually makes me want to do jury duty just because I'm really I'm I'm incredibly interested in how people think just in general, and so that piques my interest by far.
0: Can you talk about what case it was or
2: what? Tra- yeah, like- yeah, yeah. i over right now, so I can. It was. Um- nothing in the news or anything. It happened two years ago. It was a stabbing. And um, it was New Year's Eve and a group of girls, it was like a big party up in a hotel room and the girls started fighting. So like the the one girl that the guy came with, like they left a group of three. And then there was a noise complaint. So the rest of the party left too. And then the girls kept fighting in front of the um, hotel building. So it'd be like piles of like, fighting and dragging and like the guys were just trying to like pull the girls apart and then eventually one guy got stabbed and then like everybody not everybody fled but like one specific guy left the thing is is like there were so many people anybody could have stabbed that guy you know if they're beyond a reasonable doubt there they did not prove that this one guy was guilty so we had so
0: like so they were trying to prove like one person did it and it was just too many people right uh did anyone
2: die? no nobody died oh thank God yeah okay. thank God but um yeah but the guy that I mean the guy that they arrested we all think that it's very likely that he did it. You know, but they just couldn't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he did do it because there were other people there. You know what I mean? Like someone else could have done it. Like maybe his girlfriend stabbed the person and he's covering up for his girlfriend. Like there's so many variables that could have happened. I also like. Will they
3: sequester
0: you? Is that the word?
2: So you got something in the mail. Right. And you respond Mm. to it. And then I didn't think I was going to get picked. And I got picked. And then they were like, we're probably going to meet these three days. Are you available these three days? And I just so happened to only be working two days a week right now. And those three days work out. And I was like, sure. I was like, the justice system needs me. (laughs) (laughs) Was the judge like? The judge judge chill. He was great. He was like, thank you for coming in again. I know this is a, because it was kind of like, it was a lengthy process. We're sitting in hard wooden benches the whole time, there was a lot of waiting around. We saw a lot of witnesses, a lot of witnesses. And sometimes we, and like the lawyers, the way they interviewed was so slow. It's like they were drawing it out on purpose, you know, and they were uh. repeating questions. And then the judge would be funny. The judge would be like, all right, we have that on. Let, let's move on. So he, we, Like he would almost like get irritated for. Us, which was nice, like finally someone speaking up. But day one, oh my god, day one, there was this photographer there. She was amazing. She was like, "Speak up, I can't." He-. She was just like yelling at people, like, "I can't These hear you. What do you say? Come speak up!" And I was like, "Oh my god, this woman's amazing." She was, was like, she "You can her?
1: say
2: that
0: again." Yes, of yes, course. she was. It's like amazing. I need you to say that again. Yeah, can you speak up? Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. a
2: character. Like, that's she- a show.
0: Yes. Was so what was, was it, so you're saying the room was diverse because you were getting all of these different perspectives
2: yeah yeah nice yeah i was like well what what are they doing out to five in the morning like i'm not like nothing good to you know it's like well i work till two in the morning so i stay out to five that's what i do that's normal for me and i'm like okay fair all right you know what i mean like it's just like you forget like people have different kinds of lives yeah
0: uh, yeah you know you're right it's like when people remember in the pandemic going back to that when people were like stay inside what are you doing out there and then we all realize oh not everyone can afford to stay inside why are your children why do you want your children to go to school And then you realize oh school is important for socialization for these kids and these kids some of them are so depressed They'd rather yeah. risk it to go to school. School was like feeding kids too. It's, it was so interesting what the pandemic showed us that we didn't know about how important like just school is, socialization is, uh, work.
2: Community.
0: Community. Um, I have
1: to say that the pandemic, the pandemic brought on for me like a great sadness for people because i don't think that we as a world responded to it very well oh i was so disappointed and so and so that just makes me think that like that like when things get worse we'll just get worse and so that left me with a great great just depression it's just like uh, it's just like come on
0: yeah because, no, I like, understand.
1: because like if it's the whole world it is a an enormous task to fix that enormous because it is the whole it's global because
0: that was the other thing that we forgot we were always talking about like we don't need to um by the way happening in india and China, it's global it's global
3: yeah so yeah. like
0: why are you talking as if it's you know like i i I don't know why people keep forgetting that whatever happens there happens here. You know, there's a variant that's out. All my friends from Europe are saying it's crazy over there. The surge is crazy. I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, they were like, I, we don't understand how you're hanging out. <laughs> like it's insane in Italy. And then we, it was insane in New York. And then mm-hmm. the numbers showed. And now we have a mayor who I voted for, who has made some decisions about, letting people in places who are not vaccinated and NBA NBA players can work and not be vaccinated, but people who, who just lost their jobs, who weren't vaccinated, lost their jobs, but you're allowing. It's like, what? 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 This doesn't make sense. Like, make it make sense. And then, like, now he has COVID on his 100th day. It's like, now that's God. You know, and it's so funny, I'm not a very religious person, but I do feel like a lesson has been learned through this pandemic in so many ways. Whenever you see someone doing the wrong thing, it's like eventually either COVID will tell you, this is not saying that everyone who got COVID was doing something wrong, I'm just saying that. (laughs) I, I'm not. I'm. I'm trying to make it clear that yeah, we can see the ones who vocally do things that we go, no, that doesn't make any sense. And it, they're usually a political leader. They get COVID, you know, and he has COVID right now, and he's taking the medicine. That I don't know. I'm like, are you supposed to be taking that medicine? And is that easily available to someone else who gets COVID like you? We haven't really discussed this. It's not like yeah i've been disappointed with human beings overall (laughs) too i was looking i i I got to a point where i was looking at the way humans were acting and i was like maybe you know what maybe we should upload some of these brains (laughs) (laughs) it it was just but the personality i guess goes with it but it was just like insane how people don't respect other people don't want to take care of other people it's like Shauna said this on one of our episodes. She said, I still work with the belief that I wear a mask to protect other people. And that was just like thrown that, like no one thinks that way anymore. No one, no one thinks about that. Like no one goes, I've been teased about wearing my mask and everyone forgets I had cancer. Yeah. I have immune, I'm
2: compromised. Yeah. And
0: yet they go, why are you wearing a mask? I go, do I have to tell you every single time why yeah. I'm doing this?
2: It's like, I mean, we're comedians, so people bust our balls anyway, but if someone's wearing a mask, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. How is me wearing a mask hurting you? Do you want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. I think the opposite is, like people, like I understand people being like upset if someone's not wearing a mask in their territory, but like if someone's going out in the public and they want to wear a mask to protect themselves, why are people harassing those
0: people? Oh, it's crazy. Sometimes people just go. Do you understand? They start giving you statistics. They like you understand. Like you, you don't, don't need know. to do that anymore. Like, don't you want germs or re-? you know? It's like, shut. I did a
1: southern voice on purpose. <laughs> 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 I flew in here just to tell you.
0: <laughs> but I should say again. You know, there are some gleaming moments, like a Tanji Brown Jackson. So, Brandeis University Professor Anita Hill stated that. Ketanji Brown Jackson's confirmation to the U.S. Supreme Court marked an important cultural moment for the court and the country. Jackson's confirmation by the U.S. Senate to be the first black woman on the high court enables a possibility of us seeing the court as a more representative body at the highest level. So brown girls everywhere are going to be feeling like women of color everywhere will feel like, you know, I can do this. I can do it. We're talking about confidence. This is how you install some confidence. You know, this is how you get people to invest.
1: So I have this I just got this like giant agent for this book that I'm doing, and um, it's all about just looking at irrefutable evidence about uh, racism. (laughs) And So that's what the book is. It's a joke book, but all the jokes are look at this thing you know, that is racist that we all know is racist. So that's the jokes over and over again in the whole book. Right. And so it's called the anti-racism activity book. And it's like a highlights magazine style activity book. Oh, wow. Like where, uh, where that, um, I actually did it as a Kickstarter and I made it as a Kickstarter. And then now an agent has picked it up. And so like, now it's going to go out and it's going to be like a big color
2: a big, like, book. It's, I've oh, I'm excited one.
1: about it. I'm excited about it because it's like right now, We're in a, it's like right now, remember how I was telling you like anybody can do anything? Okay, so I was like, can I do something that can actually like move the needle, like actually like affect people? And I've done it before as like a little experiment to see if I could do something that would affect people. Um, Do you remember when there was the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival had no black women in it? Yes. Did you see the open letter that I wrote to them?
0: I remember it but tell us
3: again.
1: Okay, so the Laughing Skulls Festival had no black women in it and then people were fucking pissed, of course. And uh, and so like people were like fuck you, you guys are racist in Atlanta, like how are you going to have no black women in your comedy festival? That's crazy. And then That's so and then weird. they were like they were like we were fair, we were fair, we did it blind, no numbers, we did it fair. But then everybody was pissed and like and one side was like right and everybody was rightfully pissed, okay? Everybody was like rightfully pissed because one side you have the community and black people and black women specifically were like, there should be black women in the festival. And then you have the other side, which is the people who ran the festival who are a bunch of guys who weren't trying to exclude black women, but what they did, which was stupid, they didn't think it through, I guess, is they did, they did like a whole like numbering blind system. And, and then the people that were, rating people and the numbering blind system whatever it just did not their their super anonymous system did not pick any black women and so they're like we made this super anonymous anonymous system black women were not picked but of course nobody's hearing that right nobody gives a fuck and so then i wrote an open letter to them and in the open letter which is actually still out there on the internet In the Mm -hmm. open letter i think it's called the open letter to the laughing skull festival victor burnout or whatever in the open letter i just said hey everybody's pissed and i explained it basically like i explained it right now people are pissed and they're right they're rightfully pissed and i know you tried hard and it didn't work but right now you have the power why don't you just put some black women in the festival i know people haven't given you credit for the work that you did to try and do it right and it's not happening but that's too bad but you have a chance to do something good. So just put black women in the festival. Like, that's basically what the note said. Just just do something. Some people are still do gonna it. be pissed. Some people are still gonna, people are kinda gonna call you soft for doing it. Like, but just do it. You know it's the right thing, so just do it. But that's I wrote right. in the letter. And then so, I don't know if specifically that helped. Some people, a lot of people did read it during that time when everything was happening because I just sent it out to everybody and everybody started spreading it around. Um, but they did put black women in the festival. That's what they, they just did. Awesome. Okay. And then, so great. I'm not saying that that helped that did it, but I did know that in that situation, I helped move the needle because of the community that read about it. And so that's what I'm doing with this book. And it's because of everything you're talking about. It's just like, everybody knows that it is unusual that we've just gotten to our first black woman in the Supreme court. Everybody knows that. Everybody, even if you're racist, even if you're really, really racist, you're like, oh, you know, because because right now, even people who are really racist, you're like, all right, I guess we'll just have to live with this. Like, <laughs> but, you know, like they uh, they know <laughs> it's about time. Yeah. It's been about time. And that's what the book is about. And that's what's making me happy because I want to get more eyes on it. And like what you were talking about makes me happy about because I didn't I didn't know that the agent was a really big agent until after I got with him. And so it's just making me, you, you just made me happy. And I wanted to talk about, I don't know, I guess being happy.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> it's awesome. Because it's also like, <laughs> look at we were talking about invest investing, right? Why someone would want to invest in you. This agent is finally investing in you because Black people are starting to become more represented. in. It's necessary to represent us in books. The whole argument about critical race theory, first of all, no one even knows what it means. The the ones who talk about it, they don't even understand that it's not being taught
3: mm-hmm.
0: in schools. There, It's become like, you know, don't say gay, don't say black, don't say anything. You know, they just want to erase it all. So this is why it's even more important what you're doing. And yeah. because of that, we're seeing more people want to like, like I had a conversation. Someone said to me, someone was very ignorant and they said oh so like right now in hollywood are they like going like hey put a black person and an asian person in a movie and have them date is that what's happening that's what they said to me <laughs> and i was like no what's happening is people are coming up with good stories and the stories have people that really exist in the world And but those i people- would also
1: say but also yes
0: yeah well yeah yeah but also, i mean yes
1: they are doing that yes in hollywood. they are doing yes. that but
0: it's also like because it's the real world it's the way the real world is like exactly. i have an irish friend i have black friends i have that's my world my world does not exist with just one type of person in it
1: yeah i absolutely agree with you but i also absolutely agree with that person like are they doing that in hollywood yes they're doing that
0: but they but you know how where they're coming from is they're coming from an insincere like place of saying oh it's just not like like uh, the way they were saying it was like it's not good or it's just just like one-minded like right but see
1: but but that's see but that's the real argument i'm sorry there's
2: there's a show bridgerton right and it's like the Mm -hmm. 1800s and it's like it has all. It has like way more black people in it and and Asian people in it than and and people are talking about it because they're like, well, the 1800s people weren't like of wealth like what, that doesn't make sense. It's like yeah, but it's interesting and it's it's smart. It's creative. It's it's it's. I mean, we're not in the 1800s anymore. You can do whatever you want, creatively. And actually, you know they probably I
0: mean? did exist. There yeah, was a black woman, yeah, yeah, in in royalty, like the yeah. I forget the daughter. Or whatever. I applaud.
1: I applaud any show that does the past and they re, and they revise it so that that there's people of all races. Because if if your show's not about racism. And it's a fantasy just fucking do what you just put people who cares exactly put, like throw everybody in it like yeah. that let's just let's go like I, I like that about bridgerton even though i watched one episode and a woman raped some dude and i was like that's not cool
3: <laughs> 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 just like, I, watched, so funny. I
1: watched one episode with my wife and i was like what is happening she, she's raping this dude right now <laughs>
0: it's
3: so funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was like <laughs> I was like, oh. I don't wanna <laughs> <laughs> It's like a, goals in a like, hey, wait a minute. I like this story. She's seventeen. She's doing what you're doing, Victor. She led a campaign to diversify assigned books for students. In US public schools, the majority of literature on the syllabi resolved around white men or white women with few books or plays centering on people of color marley a 17 marley diaz or diaz a seven i think it's diaz a 17 year old author and activist plans to change that issue encouraged by her mother to take action after complaining about the lack of books about black girls marley began the 1000 black girl books campaign it's hashtag 1000 black girl books campaign with the initial goal to collect 1,000 physical books that centered around the stories of black girls it eventually expanded to include the creation of searchable database easier for teachers parents and students to find those stories we review all the books to make sure they have black girls as protagonists characters of african descent or the stories of black women and Black girls, you know, we're inspiring young people today with everything that's going on. I mean, that's the shining light that is coming out of it when you want to not get sad about it all, but really think about these moments that make it feel better. So get 1000 Black Girl books, go hashtag 1000 Black Girl books to find some books for you, for your young. um, And it's Black stories are not just Black stories for Black children. There for everybody. I love that. Now we could go into more stories about marijuana legalization, but we know it's good.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so let's get out. I um I want to thank you both so much for being here today. It's been a wonderful, a very focused conversation. Victor, you go first.
1: Um, I'm gonna tell you something. This is the first time that I've announced this publicly, so you've got the exclusive.
0: Oh, I always get the exclusive. They say it's because I'm like Oprah or Barbara Walters.
1: <laughs> the party that is happening tonight at dynamokingdom.com is actually a stealth launch party for this very cool video game website that I'm starting called High Score Wins Money. Here's how it works. You go to the website. If you can win the video game on the website, we give you $100. Oh, wow. You get the high score for that day. You get a hundred dollars it doesn't cost you anything ever you just go to the website and you play the game and you can win a hundred dollars daily
0: and the game if you're
1: if you're amazing (laughs) and then Uh (laughs) if you're amazing you could win a hundred dollars daily and then also we feature indie developers so like we get people who are like doing game development for the art like making really cool stuff the guy that we're featuring first is a guy named Will Briarley. Uh He created a video game called Soda Drinker Pro. Like if you Google it, you'll see like he's a very indie like developer darling. He's also a great dude. Um, he did a game called Soda Drinker Pro. He just finished a game for Humble Bundle called uh, Retired Men's Nude Volleyball, <laughs> uh, which I edited the trailer for. So you can see, find the trailer for that. You'll see a cool music video that he and I kind of did together and um, so he is creating the a a new original game that launches April 23rd but on April 20th you'll be able to play it live at the party so like it's going to be at the party live so you can win game win prizes at the party by playing this game nice so tonight at Dynamo Kingdom.
0: Wait, the naked volleyball? I, there's so much there. So th- am I? I'm naked so sorry. There's a I'm lot of information. Vo- but am I naked and playing volleyball?
1: You will not be naked and playing volleyball <laughs> unless you want to invite me. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, uh. And did you say where they can find you?
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm just talking about the site. So just go to highscorewinsmoney.com and you can be one of the first people to sign up. Highscorewinsmoney.com and with friends like us you can be sure that you can be successful here's how everything that you want to do there's someone already out there doing it worse and they're a millionaire so you can do it too
0: Ooh, wee! nice that was well hey. worth the wait for thank you awesome victor
2: Ankara, tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at LaughKara. With friends like us, we can support each other through all of our cultures and um, create the lives we want. Yes!
0: Hey, Marina Franklin here. Just go to my website, MarinaFranklin.com. Make sure you go to the show tonight. And with friends like us you can have an amazing conversation about diversity because diversity exists on Friends Like Us. Check Check us us
3: out. out!